Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hi, and welcome to the Gossip Nista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and today I have an episode with so much insight for you on the New York City real estate market in 2021. It's back, and with a vengeance, I really can just never get enough real estate information on the city, whether it's for renting or for buying, because it's just so damn fascinating, and really, I love keeping up with it. Its landscape is unlike anything out there, and did the pandemic shake things up around here? At the end of the day, who wouldn't want to own a piece of the Big Apple someday? I know I do. My two guests today are Star Densford and Jordan White, who are realtors with the Rosen team at Douglas Elman. Their focus is mainly in residential sales, and they are with me today to share their NYC story and that of the real estate market in 2021 and beyond, how they think it's a good time to buy now, what prices one can expect in the New York City market, top neighborhoods to buy in, differences between co-op, condos, townhomes in the city, and how not to be surprised if you come across a bidding war as demand is really high now and supply is low. So without further ado, let's just dive into my conversation with Star Densford and Jordan White from the Rosen team. Uh, Star and Jordan, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today to have you from the Rosen team and welcome. How are you doing today? I've been waiting all day to do this. It's going to be so fun. Thank awesome. you for having us, Mariana. We're very excited. I'm doing well. Oh, I'm glad, Star. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> I have a lot of questions for the both of you. We're going to have some fun. We're going to give a lot of information to the listeners. But where I like to start first is essentially getting to know more about you and your New York story. So the first question is, um, you know, let's learn about your background. Are you natives of New York? Or are you not? Where are you from? Star, you want to go first? Well, I'm from Colorado. And I moved to New York in 2007, uh, actually coming up from Florida. So lived a few places and now I'm here. And it was just Mm -hmm. a place I felt like I always needed to to give a whirl. And I got here and I haven't left. So um, it's now many, many years. 2007, that's a good amount of time. You pass the 10-year mark, you're a New Yorker. Exactly. So that's, I, I feel welcomed now. That's awesome. And yourself, Jordan? Yes. So I actually moved up here back in 2018. I kind of have an interesting story. Um, I was a flight attendant previously based out of New York. And I did that for about three years. And that's, you know, when I moved up to New York, fell in love with it, all that good stuff. And then, you know, I kind of pivoted about, you know, six or seven months ago. And I became a real estate agent. So I've been here ever since and now just doing a different career path. And Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing the context as as to how you got into real estate. That was a question we're going to get into, but you gave it to us. So, you know, it was great (laughs) to hear. And then you were a flight attendant. Um, 
So I'm going to dive into our second question. And the second question is, you know, when you did land here, what neighborhoods did you land upon? And now where are you now? Has it changed? I'm sure. So like many new people to the city, I wound up in the financial district, had two roommates, had to put the wall up, um, the, you know, pressurized wall that so many people that are now illegal, but I feel like people still sneak them in, mm-hmm. uh, in very tight quarters. So that was, you know, the, the real experience and did that for two years and then uh, also lived in Gramercy and mm-hmm. now I live in Harlem and mm-hmm. uh, I, but I'm in like all five boroughs. Well, more like three uh, uh-huh. all the time looking at uh, real estate. So it's, it's so exciting to see everything's so different here. It, there's nothing cookie cutter about it. So oh, awesome. amen to that. Yes. And yourself, Jordan. So yeah, I've been all over the place. I mean, I started out in Queens and Astoria lived there for a year. I also lived in Hoboken, Jersey city, which is not New York, it's Jersey, but close enough. And then now I live in East village Mm -hmm. and, you know, living that typical three bedroom, 400 square feet apartment life. And yeah, I mean, I love it. It's very tight, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love this neighborhood. It's so much fun and there's so much to do. Wait, did you say a three bedroom in a 400 square feet? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, is that difficult? <laughs> it's very, it is very normal, especially for East Village. There is like no room to breathe here. It's oh my gosh, and I, it's intense. And so, you, do you, do you live on your own? Do you have roommates, or are you sharing yeah, that now? I have, yeah, we, I have two roommates right now. Well, actually, okay. one because the other one moved out, and we are actually looking to move in Chelsea. The rental market's crazy right now, so I'm actually struggling to find a new apartment. But you know, fingers crossed. I'm in real estate, so hopefully, I can figure it out. Yes, <laughs> and you get some dibs there. And I'm curious, I, now, Star, what is? Uh, you don't have to share this, but like, what's the square footage you're looking at? I uh, so I am in just a one bedroom with mm-hmm. 600 square feet. So Ooh, I have okay. a little more space to breathe. It sounds mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of the appeal about moving. A lot of people think that Harlem is not part of Manhattan, but it actually is. And mm-hmm. it's just a little further uptown. So that was inspiration to head up there and get some more square footage. So get out of the, um, negative 500 square feet situation. Yes. Yes. And so are you on the West or the East side of Harlem? Central. Uh, Central. The most uh, obvious landmark is Red Rooster. So I'm very close to that. And when you say that, most people are like, oh yes, I know that restaurant. So. Okay. I don't, but that's good to know. We'll we'll Google that. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for sharing, you know, again, where you guys are from, where you've landed upon, like, all right. So tell me what um, have you liked and disliked about being a New Yorker? So it's a double-edged sword with the amount of people that live here part of the vitality when you walk outside and there's people constantly walking and people constantly on top of you and it's lovely to feel that energy and you just run into so many creative situations that you would never see um elsewhere but uh, but you know at the same time cramming into the subway and somebody is um elbowing you or their armpit is in your face and it's a rush hour commute and you're just very friendly with people so Mm-hmm. I don't always uh, love the intensity, but uh, 
I did miss it when the pandemic hit. So I'm so happy that I'm seeing people coming back now and, and I realize that they need to, to be there. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And, and so you're, you're, you're talking about the proximity, the closeness, the, the, this cram being crammed in two spaces, you know, that you don't like anything you specifically like. I love all of the outdoor space. I love being able to just walk anywhere. Um, I never appreciated it so much as just being now I walk a mile and it's no big deal. And while I'm out walking, there's so many things to see, so many places to view, so many parks to go through. And it's just this culture that's amazing. And you just never know what's coming around the corner. So every day is a surprise. And that's part of being in such a small, close-knit situation. Yeah. And yourself, Jordan? I like to say New York is like the highest highs and the lowest lows. Like when you're having a great day, like, you know, you just got contract signed, work is going fabulous. Like it's the best day ever. But when you have a bad day, it's the worst day. And that's how it always is for me. I would say the... Probably the worst thing about New York is the winters. I just find that period very depressing. It's freezing. The snow is slippery. Like you can't wear heels. It's, it's not fun, but I would Mm -hmm. say the summer is like, it's so much fun. Everyone's back in the city. The energy is up and it's just, it's the best time ever. Mm, Okay. And forgive me here, Jordan, but I'm like blinking out. And you said you were originally from what state? Oh, Florida. I didn't say, so I'm from Tampa, Florida originally. Okay. I was like, did I miss something? Because I'm curious to, to know, like, since the, you know, the, the coldness is not so much friendly for you, you know, it's like, where'd you come from? I'm from California. And so I, you know, I hear you, I hear you on that. I I found it not to be like that bad the the winter so far, but I haven't been here enough winters. So we'll find out. I feel like last winter was pretty mild, but I'm just, I'm such a baby when it comes to snow that it's, you know, it makes me miserable. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's totally different from, yeah, Florida or California. Okay. So then I am, I I would love to kind of, you know, hear, when did you start feeling like a local? Like how long into living in New York before you're like, all right, I I got this, (laughs) you know, I know where I'm going. I have my corner bodega and so forth or whatever you want to call being a local. Probably within six months. Um, I know that seems like a quick time frame, but we're dealing with, you know, 12, 12 miles on this island. And uh, once I got to know which neighborhood I was in and how to just hop on and off a subway without having to check, you know, in 2007, uh, I think iPhones were just coming out. So I didn't mm-hmm. have Google Maps telling me exactly mm-hmm. what to do. So once I had that down flat, I was like, yes, I know who I am and watch out. I'm not a tourist anymore. So (laughs) I'm here to stay. Love it. Love it. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, I totally, I mean, I still feel like I'm working on becoming a local every day, but I do feel like once you can go somewhere without putting it in the maps is, is a good sign. You're, you're headed in a good direction, but honestly, I mean, like the other day, I was like crossing the street and I had the right of way and like a car was just fully going. And I like, caught myself like just like kind of like getting an attitude and yelling at the car and I was like oh wow am I a new I'm a New Yorker now like oh my gosh attitude I am picturing that moment that you see that all New Yorkers like hit the taxi and all like like, I'm walking here you know the taxi but like I like I was like you know I kind of like waved at them and like got sassy and I was like oh wow okay you're here 
Yeah, you're here. You definitely are because, you know, getting in front of a car and it just shows how the endurance you've built in the city to not be yeah. scared that they're just going to yeah. go like, hey, I'm taking you. <laughs> so that's awesome. And so um, you kind of gave a good New York moment there. But is there any other moments that maybe throughout your time you're like, OK, this is a New York moment like this could only happen in New York that you've had? Ooh, that is such a good question. I feel like I have those all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. Can I come back to that? Because I have, I feel yeah, like. I'm- yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Stars, or anything that pops up in your head? Well, like Jordan said, I feel like it happens all the time. But some of the best experiences are you go out to dinner and then you decide to walk and, and you're with friends. And then for some reason, you're attracted to something that's going on in this building and people invite you up and, oh, it's a rooftop party. And then you hang out with a bunch of strangers and then you meet more strangers there. And then you go and, and they're like, oh, I know about this other thing happening. And you go into a a basement club that you didn't know about. That's like a pop-up. And then that leads to something else. And you trek out to Brooklyn and there's, another event happening there and this can just all be in one evening if you just open yourself up and that's happened to me quite a bit and you just kind of ask New York City to give you something fun and there it is you just have to be receptive to it and um, you know stay alert and out and and things happen in the day kind of like that too so it's just I don't think from my hometown that anything like that things close down at like 10 o'clock. So yeah, it's pretty cool to see that. Oh my gosh. And I want to know what neighborhoods you're going by or what, like where you're passing through here, Star, so we can join those parties too. Yeah. It's uh, starting in Soho and then the night leads you to Bushwick. It's just crazy. Like you can go exactly. anywhere. <laughs> okay. Star, I have a, I have a good one too. Okay. So this is kind of piggybacking on stars thing, but I remember this was two weekends ago. One of my friends from Florida was in town and we were leaving my apartment just to go get drinks. And we like walked by this apartment building that's right next door to me. And you see they have windows, like the first floor, you can kind of see into their apartment. And it was like probably five guys or so we walked by, they start knocking on the window and they're like, okay, come up, come up. We're having a party. So long story short, we go in and they have this amazing, massive rooftop in East Village. It's this like fabulous party. It was the funnest time ever. And it literally, we just met these guys because they were knocking on the window when we walked by. That's like a normal New York Friday night. You guys are making this seem so normal. <laughs> I love that. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I do see that only happening in New York. I mean, there's not, unless like, let me, let me just give context here. Like if you live in those beach areas in California, like um, the South Bay, um, there's a Manhattan beach area there as well as a Hermosa. Like these things happen there where like, they'll be like, come on in, you know, the party in the rooftops, but still right. nothing, nothing like New York and, and, you know, it leading you all the way in Bushwick. So I love those stories. Thank you. And then so kind of moving along here with regards to, you know, thank you for sharing your your stories and your and and some insight there. Like what advice would you give to someone who's a new New Yorker looking to move here? My motto when I first moved here that worked out very well was just always say yes. Uh, Somebody invites you to lunch. Yes. Somebody invites you to go for a walk. Yes. You want to go out to dinner. Absolutely. Let's just explore every possibility because you never know 
um, what's going to come out of that. So that served me well. I did that for many, many years and it led me to meeting new people, having new experiences, getting to know uh, the real New York. Because when I first um, visited the city, not as a, a, a new resident, but as um, just a tourist, I was like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Mm. And you really have to explore the undergrowth because otherwise um, you're, you're just on the surface and missing everything that happens here every day. Nicely said. Yeah, I agree with Star. I completely agree with that. I also kind of to play devil's advocate, I think sometimes it is important to also say yes to most things, but sometimes it isn't, you have to say no sometimes because sometimes this city is just, there's so many things going on. It's so overwhelming. You know, you have your friends, there's clubs, there's bars, there's so much to do, but I think it's hard not to run yourself into the ground sometimes. And I know when I first moved up here, I was so overwhelmed and I was just constantly out with my friends and going out and doing everything. And, you know, it can be exhausting. So I think also kind of making sure that you keep things in moderation is also important. So you don't burn yourself out. Mm, great. A great balance there. You both said it nicely and then just putting it together. Having a balance yeah, is what we're yeah. taking away Star knows, Star knows what I mean. <laughs> it's so easy to Love have it. a packed social calendar. So, yeah, embrace it or not. <laughs> I'm sure yours is busy all the time being realtors here in the city on top of that. But okay. So um, if you were essentially to sum up New York City, what it means to you, what it represents into a quote that either is yours or one that exists out in this universe, like what would it be? New York City is butterflies in my stomach. It's that first apprehension when you're like, what is going to happen here? What's what's going on? And you have that little nervous flutter. And I noticed that I get that most days that I walk out the door and even though it can be extremely overwhelming and there can be some frustrations that come up, I notice that when I leave um, the city and I'm like, Oh, this is relaxing. But in my flight back into the city and I see the skyline in the background um, there's those butterflies again. And that's how I know mm -hmm. that this city is still my number one and that I love it. And yeah, butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> goosebumps to me but yeah that was lovely said yes yourself Jordan yeah I would say New York to me is opportunity you know people most people don't move here just to be another New Yorker you know they move here to become you know the best version of themselves and to create a living and you know to shake things up and you know that's what I associate New York with is just opportunity and ambition and you know trying to be the best version of yourself. Well said. You girls are giving me life. I'm sure you're giving oh, yeah. the listeners life <laughs> with your yeah responses. So thank you for that. All right. So I've appreciated learning about your background, where you came from, your insights on New York, you know, where you've lived. Would love to kind of now dive into the real estate market, which is what both of you do within the Rosen team at Douglas Elliman and, you know, kind of learn about that. But before we um, dive into the Rosen team, let's talk about your backgrounds in real estate and, and yourself, Jordan, you already shared, you did not come from a real estate background. So we'll dive into that a little deeper and star. Are you um, originally from, you know, doing real estate or like, what was your background prior to deciding to make the leap into real estate? Gossip Nista here. 
I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossipnista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. So my family has always been um, dabbling in real estate with uh, always exposing me, taking me to properties, and they were very interested in real estate investment. And I grew up with that. And I was always super excited to just go in and and see what a home looked like. And I kind of stand Mm -hmm. outside and sounds a little bit weird as like an eight-year-old about getting excited about what's inside a home, (laughs) but I was. Mm -hmm. And um, through college, uh, I was studying international business and economics, but I kept going back to, oh, the real estate life seems like a good fit for me. And a lot of agents actually come to this as a second or third career. Um, I immediately Mm -hmm. jumped into it after school and did real estate in Florida. Then I moved up to New York and uh, wanted to try out a few other things. I was in events and PR for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and I was like, I miss, I miss real estate. So I -hmm. circled back and have been in it for over 10 years now. And I just love you meet so many interesting people with it. Um, and mm-hmm. especially in New York, all of the buildings are so different. Um, mm. We have something here called co-ops and condos and townhouses, which is a completely different market uh, than anywhere else in the world, actually. Um, and it's really intricate and very detailed. And it's not something where many people think they can do my job, but it's it's a different level here and it's complicated. And I think it's like that in any real estate, if you're doing this job 24 seven, who's actually the expert here? Somebody that looks at Zillow all the time or somebody that's on the ground constantly working this. And I think people Mm. should appreciate that. um, And just know that uh, there's some great properties here. Should you want a second home in New York as well? I feel like I was the expert looking at Zillow, but you said it so well there. No, I'm not. I'm just looking at Zillow. And I love, you know, that real estate has always been in, in like your background. And uh, I can't imagine coming to New York, how the landscape of, you know, the history of New York's buildings and how different they are to, you know, any other real estate market out there in the U.S. is. And it's kind of probably like a playground for you there. I love taking clients out and I'll give them some history lessons too. I'm like, boom, boom. Do you know what that is? Do you know where that is? And they're like, wow, I had no idea. it's, It's pretty cool to break down. This building was a warehouse. This building is where uh, you know, some famous poet was writing his scripts and there's George Washington's old house. It's really cool. Right. This is where a bank robbery happened. <laughs> oh man, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm going to go on a tour here. And yourself, Jordan, please tell us like, what was the change from, you know, being yeah. a flight attendant to, to real estate? Because like, you know, as Star mentioned, it, it does end up being either a second or a third career choice for some individuals. You get to be your own boss as well, right? Exactly. And do that. Exactly. So yeah, tell me. So, you know, I was a flight attendant for three years and then, you know, once COVID hit, a lot of flight attendants were furloughed, including myself. So 
I kind of was in a position to where I needed to pivot and figure out something else, which it was kind of a perfect time because I was kind of getting a little burnt out of being a flight attendant. It was fun. I traveled. I, you know, I saw so many different countries. It was amazing, but I knew that I wanted something more and I knew I wanted to do something in New York specifically, but I just couldn't figure out the perfect balance. Um, so, you know, I really, I really thought about it. My major in college was communications Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was kind of like, well, I could really do anything with this. Um, long story short, you know, I had a friend in New York that was doing real estate and mm-hmm. she was at a smaller brokerage that I initially started with. Mm-hmm. And I just talked to her and she kind of talked me through becoming a real estate ag- agent in New York and what that looks like. So I got my license during COVID. Once I was furloughed, I got an apartment up here. I moved up here and I started at this smaller boutique firm mm-hmm. with, um, you know, this, this mentor that I was able to kind of meet. And she helped me a lot for the first six months, mm-hmm. but I was also doing like, you know, $1,600, $1,800 rentals in East village, you know, mm-hmm. running around all day. It was very, very tiring, but you know, it was, it was a very good experience. I worked my tail off and, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of made me more open to, you know, learning more about the industry. And I really wanted to be in sales. And so, you know, six months down the road, I applied with Douglas Elliman and I kind of got up with David and his team. Mm -hmm. And here we are big happy family on the Rosen team. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. All right. So it, it sounds like it's, you had to put the work in it, right? Like everyone does when yeah. they started yeah. a new I career. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and, and so I'm curious though, it wasn't because I know Star oh. lived in Florida and you're from Florida. You guys weren't the ones that knew each other prior, right? Oh, no. Okay. Or I forgot that you worked in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for a while there, our team had a lot of Floridians. So it's interesting, I guess. Um, it goes both ways. Like New Yorkers just love to hang out in Florida and vice versa. Yeah, they sure do. Especially Miami. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So now, you know, we know where you both came from. Let, let's talk about um, the Rosen team and, and when it started, when it was created, let's talk about David Rosen and just give us a little more insight there. Yeah. So the Rosen team, I believe was established in 2000. 14 or 15. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew David back around that time, actually. And Mm -hmm. the company that I was with um, was more of a larger private landlord and in-house. And when I was buying my apartment, Mm -hmm. they were like, you can't work for yourself and represent yourself. So when I was out home searching, I met David and he helped me buy uh, my home in Harlem. Um, so Mm. I kept him in mind and when, uh, the transition was right in 2018, I reached out and said, look, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that I would be a great fit on your team and I'd like to, Mm -hmm. you know, hop aboard. And he was like, that's awesome. Let's, let's do this. So I've been with him for three years now and it's been a great fit. And I love Douglas Solomon. I love our office in Tribeca and I couldn't be happier. I'm so glad that I, I came over here. So it's awesome. 
Wow, you gave us a lot of information there, uh, Star. So thank you for one sharing that you're a homeowner, <laughs> not only a realtor but a homeowner. So so you own your home in Harlem, mm-hmm. and crazy, you know, uh, David Ro- Rosen, who's the creator of the team you're on now. He's the one that sold it to you, and then you kind of just built that relationship and joined the team. But you were in real estate prior to even meeting him. You just yes. you couldn't. Yeah, it was just a weird, weird situation about how licenses work here. And for whatever that reason was, I um, decided to help out, have another broker help me out because, you know, it's it's good to pay it forward. And I, I liked his style. So yeah. yeah. So what was it about David that drew you as him being your specific uh, realtor? I, I obviously met a lot of people in the process and not everyone, mm-hmm. uh, I realtors some of them have a bad name and I, I it makes you wonder where our reputation comes from but customer service is so important to us and the team and David really demonstrated that and really kept me um you know top of mind I knew that he cared in my search and it came through and that's that's mm-hmm. how our team operates and anybody that works with us feels special and comfortable and that you know, we're taking it to the next level to help you. Um, and that doesn't happen often. So that that's what stood out in my mind and why I wanted to, um, you know, work with David and on, on both fronts. That's awesome. Yeah. So not a, just another number, you were actually someone that, you know, he cared about and, and catered to and helped. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that insight on the Rosen team and, and David and for yourself, Jordan, like, when did you join? Uh, I know you kind of gave us some insight. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was not too long ago, but like, tell us about your experience and your thoughts with the Rosen yeah. team. Yeah. So, I mean, once I, when I first met David I, over zoom, he just, he has a really great energy. He's really funny. He's very calm and he's just, he's very easy to work with. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just felt like we, our synergies matched and, you know, I did my research on him. He's, he knows his stuff. Like he's been doing this for years. He knows about everything. And, you know, I've been here since the, since January. So, mm-hmm. uh, still kind of new, but not really. And, yeah. I mean, he's, he's taught me a lot. Stars taught me a lot. I mean, I've, the amount that I've learned in just the six months of being on the team is actually insane. Like mm. the clients that I'm dealing with and the deals that are happening right now, I wouldn't have ever imagined that I would be like dealing with this kind of stuff. It's, it's actually crazy. And you know, it's, it's really, it's really great to be on a team um, that, you know, has so much experience. Yeah, excited for you as I'm yeah. listening to this. Yeah. And um, okay, and so then let's okay. So I know the Rosen team is comprised of five, six people, including David. Correct? Um, it's six, right, Star? Yeah. Uh, most of it is is female, uh, you yeah. know, driven. So awesome. I, I, you know, I did read this whole thing about you guys, and I did see those insights. So I did want to kind of note that, and you guys have been killing it in, in the last year with regards to sales, the market's booming. So let, let's, let's find out a little bit more about what the Rosen's team like target market is like, do you guys mostly work with buyers, sellers, give us a little more insight on that. Are you mostly doing residential sales, rental sales, a lot of questions coming at you. So I think this is where the, the yes, um, prerogative translates over into my career too. We Mm -hmm. are happy to work with 
any opportunity. We do focus on residential sales and we work with buyers and sellers. We do do some rentals here, um, in particular, working with landlords um, when they need to uh, find find places for their apartments or, or people looking for their own apartments. So we also cover Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan, which is a wide uh amount of space and, and track to cover, mm-hmm. but, um, we love an opportunity and love to meet people and always want to have a bring it attitude. So a- anybody can approach us on that. I think we've even done a few small commercial deals and, um, it's certainly, you know, things like 1031 exchanges and whatnot are a bit of our, um, specialty from the team too. So I have no idea what 1031 exchanges are. <laughs> you can't just throw that in there, Star, and expect, expect just me or anyone else to Just trying to sound smart here. So <laughs> it's what basically is um, an investment vehicle when you do a like kind exchange and it helps um, not pay current capital gains taxes. So if you sell something, you have a limited amount of time to find a like property and you can put mm. the money into that uh, property and, and the time period, if you meet all of those requirements, then you're, Mm -hmm. you're good on capital gains for. Awesome. And this serves a a seller and a buyer. Uh, technically, uh, it's best for investors, but that investor is Mm -hmm. selling something and buying something. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) You cleared it up. So that was good to know. And, um, bringing it back to you here, um, Jordan. So, um, you said you just, been able to work on some new opportunities with the Rosen team. Like tell us about those. Like how has it changed from what you initially started? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I was doing like very kind of lower end rentals in the East village, which is all fine and dandy. I love doing that, but you know, now I'm doing these deals with like these amazing Soho lofts that need, you know, renovating and you know, I'm working with several clients who are all interested in flipping these, you know, older Soho lofts and turning them into these like, you know, amazing spaces. And a lot of my clients have been after that for the past few months. So it's, it's kind of funny. Me and star are like kind of calling ourselves the loft Queens. Cause we <laughs> are doing all these cool lofts in Soho and it's They're super exciting. So pretty. And, um, so much space. Yeah. It's there's so much space and they're kind of becoming the hot thing on the market. I mean, everybody is after these places. Mm -hmm. It's, it's definitely been a shift from lower end rentals, but you know, like I said, that's, that's kind of my target market recently. I also do a lot of, you know, other downtown areas, but for the main part, most of the people that I've been working with have been interested in, you know, those lots. Yeah. So I've been reading about the market prior to our conversation and, and, and why don't you guys tell, tell us maybe what the market ch- change has been, you know, uh, you know, since COVID and people coming back, but I'm reading like, you know, the penthouses, the lofts, those are kind of like booming things for uh, the, the New York, um, you know, real estate market right now. And that's what you guys have. So that's awesome. And also curious to know, like the price points within the Soho lofts you guys are, are yeah. working within. Yeah. Uh, so it really looked like, or it was the bottom of the market, uh, October, early November. 
Uh, last summer, we were still doing a few deals, but people were nervous that it was anybody going to come back to the city. Um, you know, it was also an election year, which that tends to suppress the market a little bit too. And right after the election, things started a little bit of creeping up, um, but the holidays are, are a slow time. And Jan- come January 5th, all of a sudden, these people were like, okay, I'm ready to start thinking about a move back. And each month was building some momentum. And now I've been in some very intense bidding wars where things are going 10 to 14% above ask. Um, mm-hmm. But even before that, kind of in the spring and February timeframe, the luxury market, which has really struggled the last couple of years here, and it was falling in price, suddenly picked up. And the market being 4 million plus. Mm -hmm. And there's something uh, called the Olshan report that since 2006 has been keeping statistics on it. And there was a period of time uh, with items, I I believe it was over 40 plus contracts signed a week um, of 4 million plus. And and that was a streak that has never happened um, in the time that they've kept the data. So it was a huge deal. And wow, wait, that was this year? Yes, that was in the springtime. And things have Mm, really been. um, And then after that happened, and then all of a sudden, buyers where the the items are priced below 4 million started coming back too. And and keep in mind, you can buy things in New York for under a million also. It's like these prices sometimes Mm -hmm. shock people, but um, Mm -hmm. there's all segments uh, happening here. Right. It just depends on areas and neighborhoods, I'm sure, with regards to the pricing. Better. What would you say is like the, the average pricing for a Manhattan home or, you know, whether it's a condo co-op or, you know, townhome, just like you said. Average is, is a little bit difficult um, since since things skew so much. There, there was a property that recently, well, last year before COVID sold for 250 million. So that kind of skews the properties, mm. but mm. I would say yes, the normal price point, average price point that um, is very active is the mm. one and a half, $2 million price point. So mm. yeah, okay. I agree. that sounds like a, a good market. And, and that's been like, I'm sure it's thriving a lot in this, in this new pickup with, with, you know, people coming back wanting who I've always been curious, who are these people that are scooping up these Manhattan you know, uh, Brooklyn or Queen apartments? Is it mostly people returning from out of state uh, that left? Is it uh, current Manhattan or just New Yorkers that are upgrading or is it international people? You know, a lot of it is just New Yorkers who want an upgrade and they know the market's hot and they know it's time to, you know, to get something with a bigger size and, you know, more bedrooms. Also international. I mean, that's huge too. A lot of people from Europe are trying to, you know, get their hands on a really nice place right now. Um, Mm. I think star, you can agree with that, right? They're back and it's a lot of friendly (laughs) cash offers and people, um, that need to finance are struggling with getting accepted offers. So it's, it's, 
it's good and mm-hmm. bad at the same time. Given we're kind of more talking on, on an end to of a, a little bit of a higher end market. I mean, I think it's average for Manhattan, but let's just say, are you have seen people like do all cash on 1.5 million, 2 million, uh, or even further up? I, I'd be curious to kind of know, or is it like financing? Cause I know the financing is still really good right now in the market. And, and how long do you guys foresee that? Mm. Star, you want to take so, that? I mean, I've we've seen all cash a few times for, you know, higher end deals. Um, that That is pretty common right now, I would say. All of a sudden, uh, so up until maybe last month, uh, you could certainly get in an offer and have it contingent on financing. And, and I, I've had some buyers that have done cash for several million dollars. So it's not just mm-hmm. to, to $2 million and below. But what's happening right now is because of the competition, even though mm-hmm. financing is inexpensive, people are wanting to pay cash to be competitive and are looking to mm-hmm. refinance after they close. Um, so because money is cheap right now and you want to take advantage of those rates, but a lo- oftentimes a seller prefers cash. So they'll look at that offer a mm-hmm. little more strongly. Um, that is going to continue it's just based on, on rates and that's hard to pinpoint when I know they've bumped up a little bit, come back down, bumped up again. Um, but they're still historically low. So it's a no brainer to take advantage of cheap money. Um, and we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll see where, you know, so then you would say it's definitely a buyer's market right now in the city, like no better time than now. Do you, how do you foresee like the future aside from right now? I, w- I don't, I think it's, this, what do you think? You know, it, do, you, do you think it's a buyer? It's starting I, I, to tip over into seller's market territory. Right. I mean, some prices came down a little bit. Uh, you certainly saw good, decent deals happening. Like I said, in October, November, and those closings ended up happening in January, February. Um, but there was never a fire sale happening in New York. But what happens is you just don't have competition and something stays on the market, um, you know, more than 90 days and people are like, okay, I got it. I got a deal, which is good. And now it's just whenever you have a multiple offer situation, you just know that you have to go um, strong and it's in the seller's favor. And I think it's, it's, there's still deals to be had. There's certainly places that haven't had multiple offers, but there's things that are just, um, very specific, like quaint tree-lined streets or a two-bedroom in a certain area. Those are just, uh, you know, the seller has had all the papers. Absolutely. And so um, kind of wrapping up this segment here, ladies, with regards to the Rosen team and, and you know, all the amazingness you have going on, how busy the market's picking up, um, you know, is, is, is there anything here that I may have missed that you kind of like to emphasize with regards to the Rosen team? And, you know, uh, we're going to dive into our third segment where we're going to give more specific tips to, uh, you know, those looking to buy or sell. I think we probably covered everything. I mean, you know, I think moving out of COVID um, is super exciting because we're doing a lot more company or company events and also team events, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we do a lot of team dinners and fun stuff with clients 
And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for all of that. Cause I haven't really experienced that. I know star has, cause she's been on the team a lot longer, but, um, you know, I think moving forward, we're, we're headed in a really fun direction of events and fun stuff with our clients. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So moving on to our third segment here, tips for listeners on when to buy and where to go in NYC to buy more specifically, uh, like let's start there. Okay. So I know we just went off of, you know, it, it's more of a seller's market right now because, you know, there is bidding wards out there. There's more um, demand than there is supply. So, um, you know, uh, when is it a good time to buy? Is it now? Is it later? What, what do you guys say? Gossip Nista here. Hey, everyone. Guess what? I've created a telephone hotline to connect with you. Yes, you, my listeners and supporters and those who love New York City. Throughout this podcast, I've heard from many of you, whether it's New Yorkers, city locals, tourists, explorers passing by, or plain old New York City lovers, sharing your visits with me, experiences while living here, your overall thoughts on the city, and much more. So I wanted to create a platform for those who want to continue sharing their New York moments with me and encourage you to call my Gossip Nista hotline at 917 978-4777. Yes, you heard right, the Gossip Nista hotline, where you can share your New York moments and help spread the word. Share this with any New Yorker you may know. Again, the telephone number is 917-268-4777. Please note, this is only a U.S. hotline, but not to worry for those who are international. For other ways on how you can share your New York moments, Follow me on Instagram at Gossipista Podcast. Now, I do want to reassure you all, no one will pick up this line, so no need to worry. Just re-record as much as you'd like and share your incredible New York moments, whether they're good or bad, and you could be featured on a future episode of the Gossipista Podcast. I look forward to getting your voicemails and sharing your New York moments. Now, back to the episode. I say now. I would always say when the, you have the urge to buy now and in that moment is a good time. It doesn't matter if it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. It is a time to uh, take advantage. It's, it's sometimes it's a lot like a stock here in New York City. There's highs and there's lows and it's difficult to time it. And I know that when I bought my apartment um, in Harlem in 2015, the market was at its peak. But because I got in at that time, even though it's at its peak Harlem, uh, today, my apartment is still more expensive and worth more. So had I been scared about a hot hot market, I would have lost out on equity in my home. So always just Mm -hmm. go with the opportunity that you have to buy when you can buy. Yeah, definitely go with your gut for sure. I think moving forward, it's just gonna, you know, more people are going to keep moving back. That's kind of the way I see it. Um, so I think now is the time to kind of strike while it's hot. I, I appreciate you kind of sharing that there, Jordan. I'm curious now, start with regards to your apartment and you referencing it again in 2015. Did you buy a condo, a co-op, a, a townhome? And um, if you could define those three different things for individuals, that'll be helpful. I ended up buying a condo and the mm-hmm. 
legal definition of that is that it's real property versus, so mm -hmm. I own everything that's inside. A co-op mm -hmm. is actually uh, shares in a corporation and mm -hmm. I have a proprietary lease in a co-op. Um, a townhome is like a single family home. So mm. uh, the main difference is a co-op because you are part of uh, this corporation, they really care about the community and who's moving into the apartment. So you might find that you have a, a tougher application and there's an interview that goes with it. Mm -hmm. In a condo, uh, they're less, there is no interview and they're less uh, strict about exactly the, the profile of people who are becoming part of the community. So um, mm -hmm. Harlem has a lot more uh, new development up there. Uh, for, the, for that mm -hmm. time. So a lot of things are condos up there and, and that's what I bought them too. As it's easier to invest in a condo in New York City than a co-op as well. Yeah, and thank you for noting that because I've always, like you see so many co-ops in Manhattan, um, just all around the city. And I guess, so my question is here, is a co-op a good investment to kind of go into? Will someone end up making money on that if they choose to sell later? I know a co-op is going to be a hassle for Airbnb. And if it's not your primary home, let's just put it that way. So uh, at the end of the day, Airbnb uh, is not happening anywhere in, in New York unless you have a townhome, but technically you can't rent it for short term. It would have to be at least 30 days. So mm. um as far co-ops are an excellent investment if you know that you're going to be living in the home for some time you tend to get more value they're larger um, your taxes are included in the maintenance they have some beautiful charm and character plus uh, in manhattan 80 percent of the housing stock is actually a co-op uh, and there are some co-ops that actually allow renting and subletting others just have a, a shorter policy like for example you have to live there for two years and then you can rent every two out of five years so you can find something that fits your needs and you certainly if if you renovate a home um in new york and and do a great job on that and you a lot of people don't want to take on that responsibility so that's a great way to add value in a co-op and, and an investment in that sense. Now, it's not easy to renovate here. Keep that in mind. But mm. um, if you know that you need, you know, something like 2000 square feet, you can certainly find that a lot easier. Uh, condos tend to trade about 15% higher just because they are a condo and co-ops can be difficult with foreign financing as well. A lot of great insight there. Thank you for kind of breaking down those differences. And so, you know, you told us now's a good time to buy. You kind of differentiated condos, co-ops, townhomes, which is great for, for listeners to know. Okay, now uh, tell us, Jordan and Star, like, you know, where do you go in NYC to buy? Like, where where are the good places? Like, where are the hot markets? And then where are the areas that someone potentially could get into? I mean, I think the hot markets right now are definitely Soho, NoHo, Greenwich, West Village, basically anywhere downtown. Also Tribeca is super hot. Um, I mean, up, you know, uptown is, I've, I'm not doing a ton up there, so I'm not exactly sure, but I do know that's hot as well. But I definitely think the downtown areas are like where it's at right now. It's always where it's at for the most part. No, correct me uh, if I'm wrong. I'm no, I'm no, <laughs> no expert here. It's true. 
Very true. Okay. So then you agree with the, all the markets that, that Jordan just mentioned there. Star. Yeah, she's got a uh, good insight on that. And uh, each little neighborhood has a, a specific feel to it, look to it and attracts um, always a variety of people, but a lot of people gravitate towards um, their favorite neighborhood. But, and, and a lot of people like to be downtown just because it's uh you know, they say it's more happening down there. <laughs> it's more residential uptown, I would say. Yes. And like just more happening downtown. So, and then, so with regards to boroughs, um, other than Manhattan, like what neighborhoods in Brooklyn or Queens would you kind of note out that are, are good to kind of hop into? People still love Williamsburg. It's on the waterfront and there's mm-hmm. tons of restaurants. A uh, lot. It's easy one stop over or two stops over to get into the city if you need to go to work. And there's the ferry. Um, Park Slope is known for the beautiful brownstones and you're close to Prospect Park. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I understand that there's a lot of like neighborhood block parties. So Perfect. Yes. I know we're running on time here, a little over time. So let's round this up, ladies, and um, appreciate all the insights with regards to, again, your New York story, the Rosen's team, New York story, and what you guys are doing there, and then some tips for the listeners. Now, uh, before we head off of this segment, is there um, anything that you'd kind of like to leave off on with regards to whether trends happening in the market, things listeners should know, or further advice any buyer that's looking to to get into the Manhattan market should should kind of know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so... I definitely think, you know, as a buyer moving to New York, it's it's important to have, you know, a good broker to work with you and someone that has your back and, you know, has your best interests. So I think, you know, anyone that's looking to move to New York, I feel like having that is very important. Um, and then also just, you know, if you're thinking about it, go for it. I think now is a great time to move up here and it's a great time to be in New York City. Yes. It's coming back. Yeah, it's always yeah. been here, but you know, it's we were closed down for a year. So, so yeah, yeah, people are definitely getting out there. And then, so where can everyone connect with yourself, Star uh, Jordan, and then the Rosen team? Well, I am on uh, Instagram. You can DM me at Star D Sells NYC, or I'm easily reached at uh, star.densford at element.com, two R's. And we're happy to, uh, we like to respond within five minutes of you sending an email or a DM. So you'll get an instant. Yeah. <laughs> that is a high expectation <laughs> to live by there, Star. I love that. And yourself, Jordan, where can they connect with you yeah. and the Rosen team? Yeah, absolutely. So the Rosen team on Instagram. And then I also have my personal Instagram called the bougie blonde, very extra, but also everything New York city and real estate. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Star and Jordan loved hearing all your insights, loved hearing about, you know, your New York story and these tips you have for the listeners. Now, before I let you go, I do like to play this uh, little segment called a New York minute where I'm just going to sound off on a couple questions and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you, do you guys have a minute? Do it. Yes. Yes. I'm so ready. Perfect. Here we go. Favorite New York borough. Soho. Manhattan. Favorite New York neighborhood. Oh, sh- Tribeca. 
<laughs> oh, can you edit that out? <laughs> and Jordan, what's your favorite borough? <laughs> Manhattan. Uh, favorite season in New York City? Fall. Fall. Your favorite New York food? Pizza. Italian. Any specific areas you guys love? Like food, like food restaurant wise? East Village. Uh, good one. Um, West Village has the cutest little outdoor seating situation, so. So you guys gave me a good neighborhoods there for insight on that. Okay, um, favorite New York tourist destination? Ooh. Empire State Building. The Guggenheim. Favorite holiday in the city? Thanksgiving. Christmas. Favorite non-tourist destination? Riverside Park. Jack's wife, Frida. Whoa, what is that? It's it's like a, my favorite restaurant and place to go like every weekend <laughs> to drink rosé. Mm, okay. yeah, that's where I'll find you on the weekend. Now I know. There, there you go. You gave Secret. us a specific restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to get some people there, uh, Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Um, favorite uh, NYC movie or television show, if it can come to your head right away. Ooh, this one's tough. Um, Sex in the City. Yeah, pass. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's a difficult one, but good one there, uh, Jordan. Favorite NYC subway line? The two, three. Mm. The six. Favorite New York weekend getaway? Berkshires. Montauk. One word to describe New York City? I want to say a hot mess, but that sounds bad. I mean it in the best way possible. <laughs> I like it. Yourself, Jordan? <laughs> Probably. Sometimes it can feel like a vortex. Mm, nice words. <laughs> like, like honestly, um, in in the best way, but definitely. I would a vortex. say two of the best answers I've gotten. Yeah, <laughs> like real answers. <laughs> uh, number one. Oh wait, I I have a I have a series that I like. Cash Cab. Everybody. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Get the secret cab. Awesome. Yeah. I will yeah. plug that in. And then number one tip on how to live your best life in New York City. Who you work with matters. In the city <laughs> yes i agree and also having a good friend group mm, that that that's that's perfectly said there yes a community i've heard often is important and who you work with on a personal and professional level so oh my gosh thank you so much ladies it's been such a pleasure to meet you both i will probably see you when i'm buying my home or the listeners will as well thank you thank you so much this was fun yes thank you for having us Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Mista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossip Mista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at GossipMista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista. <laughs>